Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss the ups and downs, get it because it's the Ardennes week, of women's cycling is my dear friend Sarah. How are you Sarah? I'm, I'm really glad you made that, uh, you made that uh, distinction fast. <laughs> I, I i wouldn't have got your incredibly witty joke without it thank you thank you i'm i'm here all podcast so get used to it yay dan <laughs> is a little bit hyper today he's had a tattoo he's been on holiday he's a bit hungover um he's well, been to a gig and and tomorrow tomorrow he, tomorrow he leaves for japan true so you know so Dan is a bit giddy. Don't nick my stuff while I'm gone. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, there's been a heap of, um, of racing going on, um, and it's been quite an interesting week in terms of what we've been able to see and uh, what we haven't, and also, obviously, hashtags. Yes. So, where would you like to begin? Well, it's Ardennes week, and that's really, really exciting. I'm very excited about Ardennes week because it's the first time we've ever had one. But it has a kind of up and a down, and I'm going to write about this uh, later today. But it's, um, it's yeah, it's it's the first time it's ever happened. It's really, really groundbreaking, and it's definitely this is the season where everything changes. I've talked about this a lot. Now, one of the other things I've talked about all throughout the season is. Of course, we don't know whether she's doing well or whether she's really feeling well or not, or if she's sick, or if there's a problem, or if she's off form, or if she's just peaking for Ardennes. Well, I mean, I think I know who you're talking about, but the truth is there's like... Everyone! I'm talking about everyone! Exactly! Everyone. There's, there's like three or four different million writers who that could be, so yeah. Yeah, no, it's really, really exciting. It's been a really exciting thing to wait, wait for. Now, the... Pressure was slightly on Bors Dolmans because they'd won a Ronda Van Drenta with Amalia Diedrichsen, um, Amalie Diedrichsen, Amelia Diedrichsen um, <laughs> earlier on in the season. Um, and that was their only World Tour win so far, which had, um, I guess, was slightly disappointing since they'd won all of them up to Flesh last year. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, um, it certainly stood in stark contrast. Um, you know, if it was a tactical decision, it's, it's definitely a bold choice. So, a yeah. bold choice. That's always, that's always a quite fun, uh, quite fun way of describing things. So they had, yeah, it was a bold choice. But they've been, they've always said that they were focusing on Ardennes. Everyone said they're focusing on Ardennes, and it's been absolutely fascinating because it's easy to say, oh yeah, well we're focusing on Ardennes <laughs> until you get to the Ardennes, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and, you... and unfortunately, the way calendars work, eventually it's coming around, and then you've got to put up or shut up. So. Yeah, and oh my god, the riders did. So we've had two races in the Ardennes Classics. Um, for people who don't know what an Ardennes is, what's an Ardennes, Sarah? It's, um, let me go to Wikipedia, it's a region of extensive forests, rough terrain, rolling hills and ridges formed by the Ardennes Mountain Range. They say mountains, but this is mountains for, it's in, it basically runs across the Netherlands and Belgium. And it's mountains for Netherlands and Belgium, basically. <laughs> So you know, I mean, we joke, but that's that's a that's a a matter of you know total uh, you know vertical climbing over you know height over sea level or whatever. Um, <laughs> the the thing is, while they may not be Alpy 
type mountains or whatever. There are some really Alpine. punishing climbs in uh, in yeah, the these, Ardennes. These are perfect spring classics. It's perfect spring classics territory because basically you you, you plan your race all along a ridge up and it's, it's exactly like the um the flat like Ronde van Vlaanderen and the Flanders classics that take in the Flanders hills. You just go up and down the ridge over and over and over in kind of races. You like. The last Ardennes is Liège-Bastogne-Liège, and that race describes what it does, right? The men cycle from Liège down to back down to Bastogne, and then cycle north again to Liège. Race yep. does what it says on the tin. Amstel Gold and um, and uh, Flesh Wallon are slightly different. <laughs> Flesh Wallon means the arrow of Wallonia. <laughs> <laughs> Because in the past, the men used to ride in kind of an arrow shape. Not anymore. It's just a name. They just basically, it's just like you give a you give it like a toddler the map to scribble on. Yep. And a yep. And, and a red and a red crayon, and that's your course. Yes. Yes. Which you know, to be honest, there are worse ways to plot race courses. So, you know, I, I mean, I feel like I feel like that would have some merit. Yeah. Yeah. And. There's only there's so there's three Ardennes classics. The um they're held in the Ardennes and the Dutch Limburg region. So Amstel Gold, which was on Sunday, was in Dutch Limburg. Flesh Wallon is and Liège Baston Liège are in the Belgium Ardennes, and they have a they they basically have three classics within eight days. Only two men have won the triple, all three: David Rebelen in 2004 and Philippe Gilbert in 2011. So. It's it's um it's a bit of a it's feat. Interesting. Yeah. It is a bigger it is a bigger feat. So people want it. Um it came in with um some very, very good riders in 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 flesh. If you look down across history, it's it's like it's you can't win flesh by accident, you know. In fact, if you go down and look at when it started in, in two thousand and four, run by Sonia H um uh, since two thousand and four only two riders have won it who haven't been world champions from 2004 to 2016. So um, in 2000, it was Nicole Cook won it twice. Yep. Mariana Voss has won it five times. Mm -hmm. um, Emma Pudi won it once. And of course, she's a former ITT world champion. Evelyn Stevens is the only non-world champion to win it in 2012. Although, of course, you could count her because she's got a couple of team time trial world championships medals in her bag. Yep. 2014, and, uh, Pauline Prevand. Ferrand Prevost won it, of course. She was world champion in road, sound cyclocross, and mountain bike. And um, Anna van der Brega won it in 2015 and last year. Now, so that's since 2004. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven winners only. And out of those until this year, and out of those, um, Nicole Cook, Mariana Voss, um, Anna van der Breggen are all Olympic gold medalists. Yep. Um, Anna van der Breggen is oh Anna van der Breggen hasn't won a world um, a world championships jersey. That's interesting. So yeah, Anna van der Breggen hasn't won but hasn't become world champion. Although she's been on the podium in yep. the ITT, of course. And yeah, it's it's really 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 impressive. Um, Emma Pooley was silver medalist in the um, Olympic ITT in two thousand and eight, and Van der Breger, of course, was Olympic bronze medalist last year in the in the ITT. So, so basically, you can't, like you say, uh, turn up and, and win this out of nowhere. 
you can't turn up and win this out of nowhere. I mean, even when you look down the um, down the down who came second, for example, you're still looking at riders like Annemiek van Vleuten is probably one of the least um, has one of the least starry Palmares, right. <laughs> which is insane because van Vleuten is so incredible. What former World Cup race leader? Yep. But you've got Elisa Longo Borghini, Lizzie um, Lizzie Danen, uh, uh, formerly known as Armstead. Uh, Emma Johansson, Nicole Cook, Marta Bastianelli, former world champion, Judith Arndt, multiple world champion, mm-hmm. uh, Australian star Owenini Wood, and multiple world champion Hank Kupfenagel. And it's just, it's just, yeah, you just look at the people who've been on the podium here, and it's really super impressive. You have to get down to the third, to the third place to start having people who aren't like genuine superstars but that's still people like linda willemson the itt world champion emma johansson claudia lichtenberg former giro winner you aren't multiple times trixie warwick of multiple times lisa longo borghini um bronze medalist in the olympic road race last year and megan guanye uh the giro rosa winner last year so yeah yeah flesh is flesh is is one that everyone's taken very seriously and it's always a really exciting race. And while the men's race has a very specific, uh, how should we say, script, mm-hmm. last year, Van der Brega ripped up the script by attacking, by rather than waiting for the murder hui and getting up the murder hui in a, in, a, in, a, in a battle against the top climbers, she attacked on the penultimate climb. Only Evelyn Stevens could go with her. And they... Um, it was yeah, a, a really, really slow drag race up the, up the mur. It wasn't really a drag race because Van der Brega had it completely under control. It was only a drag race in the in the sense, yeah, it wasn't a drag race at all because <laughs> Van der Brega was just like, ah, um, yeah. So <sighs> it's important. So also this week though, we're going to talk about Ardennes. We're going to talk about the Track World Championships, a little bit of enduro, a little bit of um, what's coming up next because there's a lot of live racing coming up, and I really want to tell you how to watch it all, and a little bit of grumpiness because Flesh will on. And Liège Baston Liège do not bring out the best in us, do they, Dan? Uh, look, I, I uh, yeah. Um, let's just put it this way: uh, Flesh Wallon have definitely spent the last X number of years putting the fu into into making their race accessible for fans. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're not going to rant too much about it because you know, if you follow us for ages, you do that. But we are going to talk about what we can do about it because that's the most important thing, right? We're yep. also going to talk about Lizzie Danen's book. Um, and all kinds of things like that, and we're going to keep it within an hour. We have half an hour in an hour. Of course... <laughs> I, I still don't understand why we make this bold promise. But anyway, so <laughs> starting at the top, then uh, we'd better power through. Um, Amstel Gold last Sunday. Amstel Gold. Amstel Gold. Now Amstel Gold wins the prizes. It's really interesting because if you compare them to the rest of the world tours, they weren't actually that impressive. We got to see like because the race was going so fast, we got to see like the last twenty minutes or so live. Yeah. Like yeah. so the plan had been to show like the last forty five minutes, give or take. And then the way it was raced on Sunday was just so brutally quick. It was it was uh, yeah, over before it start well not before it started, but you know for sure. Yeah the coverage was yeah. The coverage was slightly foreshortened, and it's a shame because, I mean, it's really interesting because we've been spoiled this year. Not spoiled, we've been given what we deserve, what we wanted, what we've asked for this year, mm-hmm. which is lots of women's cycling coverage. Like, out of the first four, out of the first five um, races, we got 
at least half an hour of each one of them at world tour races we got at least half an hour of them live and that is wonderful and people have really liked it there are some downsides to that and i might come back to that next week i'm going to be writing about that this week because with more coverage makes it really interesting there's some interesting changes that are happening especially to media outlets as a result so um you know because people don't need to see if you've watched a race the end of a race live you don't need a race report you don't need a photo gallery you don't need a um you don't necessarily watch the highlights if you've seen the race or if you've seen the race already so mm, mm. this is so there's there's some interesting cha- um, interesting challenges to race media that 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 are going to be inter- that be, you know yeah, as we, be fun to watch exactly as we work our way through this sort of transition period of improved live coverage and and so on um it is going to force a, a um redefining of what the gold standard is in total race coverage i guess yeah now the other thing is is that with more and more races providing live race coverage and we talked about the entire healthy aging tour being streamed live start to finish with a helicopter um, we talked about the Omloop van Hageland being streamed live. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of there's there's lots of races that actually are managing this. It does throw the races that aren't doing much into sharp relief. And the ASO, the Amory Sports Organisation, who run Flesh Wallon and Liège Bastion Liège, are definitely facing some facing some some tough questions at the moment because a lot of people, when it's Paris Roubaix naturally yep. ask why there isn't a women's paris roubaix exactly um, and you know the- and then when it's flesh will on or liege bastel and liege you know also quite rightly ask where's our coverage what the yeah you know and it's hard if, if you've been around the sport for a long time there's a temptation for me anyway to say oh you know is what it is aso hates women's cycling and just leave it at that but I feel like we need to that we need to harness some of the new fan energy, and we need to kind of remind ourselves older fan, you know, older fans who've been around. That actually, shit. The uh, reason, the absolutely the reason we got the live coverage from of Flanders, uh, of Flanders was because of uh, the way that Yolene Dora started talking about it, and also the way that fans responded with the "We want flesh yeah. on, we want RVV live." That is literally why they did it. You yeah, know, I, yeah. it, it's so we have power, and what we need to do is we need to tell the. I mean, the Amory Sports Organization—they never reply. Like, I, I tweet them all. I tweet them not all the time, but I tweet them. Hey, can you tell us if your race is going to be streamed live this year? At various times of the year, they ignore me. Yeah, they just, and they've been extra annoying this year. But we'll come on to that. So, but yeah, please, please, if you like me, like us, want to do something about this, then just send a tweet the Amory Sports Organization and Liège Bastogne, Liège Twitter or contact them on your social media of choice or send them an email whatever way you feel comfortable send them a nice positive email hey we really love your races we'd love to see them is there any chance of doing it Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about this on and off over the years. One of the one of the key requirements for putting together any sort of a business case for, for getting um, more races or better coverage of existing races or, or whatever it is that you may want to achieve is, first of all, demonstrating the, the size and intent of the audience. And, you know, this is where, like you say, you know, the, the example of Flanders this year was so vital because it literally changed the course of how that entire race was going to be presented, you know, and it did it twice. That's the, that's the part that really sticks out for me is that it's not just that, that 
you know, they went, oh, okay, we'll do a stream with Proximus and it'll be live for everyone in Belgium. It was then the follow-on, hey, hi, we're the rest of the world. We also would like to see your race, you know, that, that opened that up as well. And, you know, full credit to the organisers of, of that race for, for hearing the fans. But also, you know, be mindful of the fact that that's going to have turned heads in other uh, businesses as well. Yeah, we hope. So, Amstel Gold, beautiful race, um, very tough. I can't remember how many climbs was it. Was it 17 climbs? Something it was like bonkers. That. Yeah. It was bonkers and it was crazy and it was 100. And, and the first climb was really, was, was the first two climbs in the first 15 kilometres. Dutch style racing, OMG. In fact, we complained about the lack of wind throughout the year, season and this wasn't true. We had early attacks. Winanda Spur from Lensworld Zanata attacked at kilometre nine. Uh, we had Marta Taliaferro, former world champion. Um, oh, no, sorry, Taliaferro is not a former world champion. I'm apologising. Track rider and Sala Mustanen uh, attack at kilometre 19. There, by kilometre 45, when they hit the Asia Bosweg, there were groups everywhere. By kilometre 35, there were 35 riders at the front. Um, after they hit the top, of the of Copenburg, they were up on the tops where it was very, very, very windy. Echelon tastic. <laughs> wow. Oh, four times over the Kalberg. Every time it went, everything completely crazy. Um, at, they ended up with three laps of eighteen point five kilometers with three climbs: the Gaul Hammerberg, the Bemelberg, and the Kalberg. Um, just complete lunacy. Groups. Tons of groups. By the time you worked out who's in a group, it had changed. Um, Amy Peters tried a solo attack at kilometre 90, where she was joined by Audrey Cordon Rago and Roxana Knetemann. They were caught on the Kalberg for the third time. Then Lizzie Danen, Elisa Longo-Borghini and Katagia Nuadoma attacked on the Kalberg the third time. You have your 18-kilometre ride to the finish. Um, the three have... 14 seconds at 9.6 kilometers to go they're chased by ellen van dyke they're caught at 8.3 kilometers to go when it's longo borghini danen van der brega van vlerten um colin rivera and katadia Nuadoma. wow i, I <laughs> mean seven I, I, hang on i just need to pause for a second and just wrap my head around corin rivera being uh, it's an ardent race I know. like i know Sprinters don't do hills. I I mean, sprinters, sprinters don't win the Ronde van Vlaanderen, right? Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Fair, fair cop, Cal. I mean... Rivera has won two. And this was so interesting because you knew that this was the rider that everyone's going to try and drop because Corinne Rivera at this point has won Strade Barret Bianchi, which sprinters yep. don't win. And um, Corinne Rivera has also won Flesh Vallon, which sprinters don't win. <laughs> we either have to recategorize her, Dan. She said, she says in the cycling news, I am not a sprinter. Yeah, apparently not. I, I mean, yeah, well, I, I guess a puncher. Um, yeah, um, yeah, so seven kilometres to go. Anna van der Breger attacks. <laughs> now, of course. They're in, a, they're in a group, and it looked like um, it looked like only Longo Borghini and Katazia Nuadoma were actually doing chasing, because out of that group of um, seven riders, six riders, so five riders chasing her, Oh, I have no idea. I have that group of six riders chasing her. Uh, Lizzie Dayden is her teammate, so doesn't care. 
Anna Meek Van Vleuten looked like she was saving herself for the Kalberg. Corinne Rivera looked like she was saving herself for the sprint. And hell, you know, at this point, I'm giving Corinne a pass. You know, <laughs> she's probably just like, fuck, sprinters don't make it over no, the Kalberg like... three times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, so there are chasing. By the time they hit the Kalberg, the chase is 33 seconds behind. They hit the Kalberg. Anna van der Brugge is solo. The Dutch crowd go completely insane because this is the Dutch classic. This yep. is the Dutch monument. This is the Dutch Olympic champion. Yes. In the Dutch monument, hitting the Kalberg. The last time the Kalberg, which they've seen already four riders, they're going to see the men go up later. They see her hit it. She hits solo. Behind her, there's the chase. And it looks like Danan is the best. Danan is the best on the on the um. Right, yep, yep. Um, but they've got Danan, and um, obviously Corinne Rivera is dropped very soon. And then Alan Meek Van Vleuten is dropped. And then it looks like Elisa Longo-Borghini is dropped, but she's just, just, just manages to hold on to Danan and Neodoma. Neodoma looks like the best out of those uh, to those riders, but Danan is not letting her go. At the top of the cowboy, they have 1.1 kilometre to go. The time is dropping! Because the group has ridden the Kalberg faster yep. than Anna van der Brega. But van der Brega, amazing time trialist. She must have known when she hit the top of the Kalberg solo, she has won this race. Anna van der Brega wins solo, looking completely delighted and, and, and ecstatic. Uh, Lizzie Danen, her teammate from Bowles Dolmans, in second. Cassie and Neodema, third. Van Vleuten, fourth for um, uh, Orica. Oh, sorry, I'm on the wrong, I'm, I'm on the wrong thing. Um, and that is fascinating because originally they called Cassie Neodoma as third, but then they look at the, uh, um, the, the, the the photo finish for third. They cannot separate Van Vleuten and Neodoma out because Ganymede Van Vleuten had sprinted for the wrong line. Oh. So she had, so she sprinted, slowed down, and then speeded up again when she realised what she'd done. Wow. So they basically, so so they end up with two third places. Now, sadly, Van Vleuten didn't get this message in time to have an amazing podium. Yeah. With uh, yeah. with 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 you know a four a four woman podium, but so no fourth place because we've got a joint yep. third place in fifth place. Elisa Longo-Borghini of Wiggle High Five. Sixth, Corinne Rivera. Seven, Amy Peters of Balls Dolmans. Eighth, Pauline Fran Prevost of Canyon Shram. Ninth, Ashley Moorman Passio of Cervelo Test Team. And tenth, Ellen Van Dyke. <laughs> what? I know. It's awesome, oh, isn't wow. it? So, so basically, Corinne Rivera, so basically, Van der Brega wins 55 seconds ahead of Van Vleuten, Dana, Neodoma, and Longo Borghini. Rivera comes in 102, and Peters brings in a group of, let's say, 10 riders. Okay. Um, maybe 11 riders. Uh, 151 behind in a, and win, wins the bunch sprints of, 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 wins the light group sprint of that. So it was a slightly exciting race. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it's great that we get to see some of it live, but it is unfortunate in the sense that it was so attacky that if... In... This is why race organisers should just provide live coverage of the whole race, because... I know, it was so attacky. Yeah. Was, I love the word attacky. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally a word. It's a word. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm assuming that's our title of this week's podcast, <laughs> It Was So Attacky. <laughs> it is, it is indeed. Um, and it um, could be so, talking about the race or the podcast. It's hard to say. 
Hey, did you like the way I ran through that race, though? I'm pretty yeah, proud of no, myself. Yeah, no, that was, that was I great. I, I mean, look, it was. this is the crazy thing, is that it was such an engaging and hard-fought race, and and it's it's one of those, like, really super weird quirks that, you know, because it was such a good race, is literally why we got to see so little of it. Um, yes! And, and, I know! And it's, it's super frustrating from <gasps> that point of view. I mean, I get from the broadcast thing, you know, they've got a broadcast window of these... 45 minutes and shit we ran out of race like what can they do I about know. it but at the same time it's like oh for fuck's sake this is why you put it on a stream and you start showing it earlier and like you know especially when you know that like you can tell early on like it's not like you knew in the last 20 minutes that we were going to run out of race all of a sudden like you knew earlier at that point some producer somewhere should be like fucking let's throw it on Facebook live or, or whatever yeah, yeah. you know like yeah I mean it's 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 difficult, but the interesting thing is, I suspect, and this is complete conjecture that I'm pulling out of my ass. So unlike but, it for our podcast. But, I'm, I'm a little no, normally, normally it's based in at least some ideas that I've heard. Um, <laughs> I have suspect that what's going to happen, oh, I, I, I still strongly suspect that the reason that we got a women's Amstel Gold in the first place, because we haven't had one since 2004 when mm. it only ran for three years, is because... Right at the top of the Cowberg is the headquarters of Bowles Rentals. Yeah. Now Bowles Rentals, when you look at the um, uh, the at uh, the uh, uh, the race or uh, the race finish, Bowles Rentals are all over the finish of yep. of Flesh Malone and of Amstel Gold. Now I suspect that they said to Amstel, "You're going to show the women's race live." I would love to be Bowles Rental. I would love to know what happens when Bo- when ASO go back to Bowles Rentals about Flesh and, and um, Liège and go, oh, hey, are you still going to sponsor us next year? Because I suspect that what will happen is they'll say, we are only going to sponsor if we can see this race because what the fuck? Yeah. I think that's going to happen. Now, this could be wishful thinking, of course, but I just I just have a feeling. Sure. I, but the thing is, I hope you're right. Like, I, I hope for that little moment where, you know, nervous ASO person in the pitch meeting is like, so if you just renew your sponsorship for X number of euro, we'll be able to. And there's just this long, silent stare. And then <laughs> slowly someone says, I notice your pitch deck doesn't include the women's race. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll come up with a reason why they can't do it yeah and hopefully the bowls rental will go that's fascinating because all these races all these races yeah. could do it so and, it's and um, you know like like let's let's get into um flanders did it you know um healthy aging tour have proven you can do it with volunteers you know the number. Oh, of I mean, look at Trofeo Binder. Yeah. Look at what Trofeo Binder put on. It was. I mean, I know that some people really didn't like that stream and found it found it frustrating. And you had to go in with a certain attitude of glass half full to enjoy that stream. But it was. But you know, if Trofeo Binder can manage to show us like much more than they promised, yes. the ASO doesn't have a leg to stand on. And no, they. When they... We come, and and anyway, let's not let's not let's. All let's right, let's talk not preempt. Let's, let's We're not half. The rant. Yeah. So, Amstel Gold. Amazing race, like amazing race, Dutch style racing, echelon tastic, completely lunatic attacking, bonkers stuff, mad breakaways, all the top riders. The only problem is, is that Elisa Longo Borghini was a bit sick and had to actually and actually had to pull out of um, riding the rest of Ardennes week. (laughs) Which yeah, I am gutted which... beyond words because I wanted to see every other race finish with 
well, not every other race, but Elisa Longo Bikini, Lizzie Dalen, Anna van der Blegger, Annemiek van Vlerten, uh, Corin Rivera, Cassini <laughs> Madoma. Um, I, I can't, you know, I, I want to see Mariana Voss, I want to see Paulina Fran Prevost, I want to see, you know, I want to see climbers that we haven't heard of, I want to see, like, Kat Garth at Sneaker, Sneaker Nardens win, you know, I want to yeah. see, I want to see, I want to see, but what I want to see is the best of the best racing against each other, so I am a little bit disappointed for um, Elisa, I'm disappointed for for Mariana Voss, who has targeted Ardennes and also isn't well and had to pull out of riding um, Flesh, which she's won five times. Um, so there aren't, it's not all, it's not all roses yeah. and clover, but that's no. bike racing, you know, it's, it it's is. been a long season. And the um, interesting thing is that so far we actually, you know, I thought that Anna van der Breger had maybe made a mistake in racing, um, healthy aging tour that yep. maybe she'd be out of, um, out of, that she'd be yeah, a bit too of, tired by the time it came to, um, yeah, over, to, to Ardennes week. Overboiled her form slightly. You know, it's a, and it's well, a legit, it's a legitimate concern. I mean, this is one of the things that we've touched on a couple of times, usually in terms of how the expanded calendar is going to force a certain amount of specialization. But, you know, one of the other aspects of it, particularly this year being the first year that we're seeing this, this, you know, particularly large restructuring is that there are going to be riders and teams who who make errors of judgment in planning their seasons. You know, there's going to be yeah. missteps. And so it's, it's a very valid question. Yeah, and the thing is about those missteps is you can literally only tell them after the race. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Because if, uh, if Ander Bleger had, had not won uh, Amstel, we might be saying, oh, she made a huge mistake in riding, um, in riding healthy aging to her. But no. But... But the week wasn't over for Bowles Dolmans or no. any of the other big teams because the next big question, okay, Van der Breggers won one Arden. Can she take the uh can she take Flesh Wallon for the second year in a row? Also, or will it be Also known as Dan's favourite race to watch live. Fuck you, Flesh Wallon. <sighs> Sorry, it just I it had to be said. It had to, I, I I know I know it wears you down when I do that, but it had to be said. It had to be said. I think the the thing is, is there I am going, okay, glass half full, glass half full, glass half full, it's all going to be fine, glass half full. And then what they do is they, they've been promoting it really, really well with a hashtag for months and they've been putting up every day something really exciting, a really exciting splash in, it's so exciting. And then less than 24 hours before the race, they change the race hashtag. I, 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 again, I go back to a comment I made about something slightly different earlier in the podcast. It was a bold choice. Like... <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Like seriously, I what have the fuck? No idea. I, 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 and this is the thing. Like, I, I just, I find it really hard to believe. I, I mean, I consider myself a reasonably experienced person in the world. You know, I'm used to the fallibility and foibles of humanity at large, and the fact that people aren't perfect and do occasionally fuck things up. But uh, this race has made a fucking performance art form out of it. Like, I swear that there's a secret agenda where they're getting funding for this race based on how many people they prevent from following it. It's just, I, I don't understand it. No, it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Anyway, the race was held on Wednesday, um, according to reports from those who were there, and also UCI highlights that were provided after the fact. Um, so... It's um, basically, look, Flesh Wallon is one of those races that, particularly for the men, follows a really simple formula. Everyone rides together holding hands until they get to the murder hui, and then someone attacks and wins. 
simple. Murder, whee! Exactly, which if you say it properly, sounds like you're going to murder some poor person called whee. So... We did. We did actually call it. You did actually call one of our oh, episodes the Murder Week a couple of years ago. Yeah, I remember that. Oh wow. Murder Week. Um, so anyway, um, the women race it a little differently though, because you know they like to put on a good spectacle for everyone watching along live at home, and um, and so they tend to do things like attack a lot and yeah. And stuff I mean, like this that. year this year was a little bit disappointing because for some reason the ASO have reduced the number of climbs the women race, which you know is. It's, it's annoying, but, you know, they like to shift things up around to make the men's race more exciting, and it's just... And, and you know, uh, the, the interesting thing about this is, is, is while they produce a number of climbs, nothing is exactly flat. I've been in the team car at the... Um, at Murderhui... Not Murderhui, at the at Flesh Lalonde, with the amazing, 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 lovely, lovely Carl Lima, who's who's just, like, amazing and lovely, and his, his fantastic team, High Tech Products. And I, and it's not flat, like the bits in between, there is a flat bit when they go along the river, that's right. into Hui, and yeah. that's about it. The rest of it is what's known politely as rolling. Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> which, which in some impolite circles might be called fuck your legs. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, it's just pain. So anyway, um, a lot of, well, you know, standard sort of women's race early action. And then the, the first main break of the day was uh, Katia Ragusa and Sophie DeVoist from B-Pink and Lara's Val Deals, um, who got about 30 seconds on the peloton when they were joined by um, Anisha Vekman and Ali Dragoo. And that's when it turned into a proper break that got to about three minutes. Uh, yes, but then something happened to that break that made it a lot more... Because, you know, that's not... With all respect to those riders, that's not a dangerous break, right? No, no. That's 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 the break that you sort of expect to be out there just, you know, um, kind of the collective defensive measure to make sure, okay, that's our designated break. We're leaving it alone now for a while. And, um, and away we go. But then um, they got to <laughs> the Cote de May. And... Well, Ali Dragoo started driving the brake, but at the same time she started driving the brake, um, the peloton was also being driven. And, uh, well, quite, quite aggressively. Um, so, before they were caught, Ash Moorman actually managed to jump across and join uh, Ali Dragoo. And, her um, teammate. Her teammate. And then Ash Ali... Moorman's been on the podium here before. Exactly. <laughs> So Ali put in a um, a nice little dig to finish off her work on the on the front of the break and set um, Ash Moorman up for Ash, Ashley Moorman Passio up for a great launch um, up the Murder Hui and, um, for the and first she time. zoomed up the Murder Hui and was first over the line. But as we all know, um, it's not the person who's first over the line at the top of the Mur the first time round that wins the race. <laughs> it's the person who does it after the big lap. So yeah. yes, um. Unfortunately but, for Ash, but, but yes. Ash, Ash, no one is going to let Ash go. That's the thing. No, Ash, is a, exactly. Ash is a strong climber. She's come back from a hip injury. If you want to know more about Ash, there's a piece on Ella Cycling Tips, and there's an uh, a, a profile, video profile on her um, on uh, by InCycle, all on our website, prowomencycling.com, which you can see. Um, so Ash is not a rider that that people let no. out easily. So they they basically caught her. 
they literally caught her. <laughs> so Tatiana Ryabchenko and Marie Vilman for um, bowls um, were the no, next ones to launch out. Sabello. Ah, Maria Billman, because Sabello yep. really wanted this race, and Maria Billman is the young, um, I think she's 21 year old, she might even be 20, young Dane who is definitely one of the riders to watch this year. And, but, I mean, you know, in, in the way that all the young Danes are, basically. Yes, if yeah. you're young and Danish, Viking eyes, she was Viking attack, Viking <laughs> rampage over the hills. So yeah, um, so they they got about thirty seconds on the on the main bunch with ten k to go, but uh, then the Cote de Chirave arrived, and uh, this was when the main bunch basically caught them. And surprise, 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 uh, Kashi and Uadoma went on the attack. Now this is the place where last year um, Anna van der Blager attacked, and only. Um, only, only, only Stevens could follow her. Am I thinking of that last year? Yes. yes. Anyway, yep. um, yes. So this was a and Cassie and Cassie Nuadoma has been on the podium at. Um, obviously, she was at the podium at Amstel. She was on the podium at Strade. She has been knocking on the door of her first really big win yep. for a really long for a really long time. A really was long this, time. And she's was this well? She's only like twenty two or something, or twenty one. So it's not <laughs> yeah, that but, long. But, but I mean, a whole season w- and a half does feel reasonably long, you know. Like, but yeah. was this? Oh, maybe she's twenty three. Was this the year she could do it, Dan? Did she get away? Well, yes, she got away, but um, unfortunately for her, she didn't get away alone. And you know that that makes things a little more complicated. It's a lot easier if you get away alone to win the race from that position. It's, <laughs> It's a little bit harder when you get away with a couple of other riders. It's a little bit harder still when you get away with two other riders who are from the same team. It's even more hard when those two riders are Anna van der Breger and Lizzie Dayton. <laughs> Both of whom who've won this race in the past. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately for Cash, she, she made a great move um, at a really good time. And and the luck of the draw was that she got the two worst possible riders to go with her to go with her. So <laughs> she was there with only two riders with her, and those two riders are Dana and and Van der Brega. Yeah, and they're on the same team. Like you're fucked. That's like, hilarious. That's, you're. That's just. <laughs> that's the state that's... of the race for you right now. Is you're fucked. Like <laughs> you attack one of them, pulls you back. You wait for one of them to attack. You've got to do all the chasing, and then the other one attacks. You just you're fucked. Like, it's just, it's horrible. I'm throwing my hands in the air in sympathy, even though I, you know, like, yeah, it's brutal. But, you know, it's also, we talk about this a lot. It's a it's a great position for, you know, the um, the other team, rider, you know, the other riders to be in. And it's always delightful watching teams put that kind of strength to work for them. Um, and so, yeah, we um, we get to the bottom of the moor and Anna van der Brega launches an attack. And, of course she does. Uh, of course she does. <laughs> and Tasha sets out to chase, while Lizzie calmly sits in behind, going, Haha, "Thanks. <laughs> yep, you, you do the work. I'll just, I'll be right here. <laughs> just, just let me know when you're tired. Oh, it'll be okay." Oh, awesome. And so Anna, Anna, you know, works it up the the murder. We, you know, absolutely pushes herself to to get up there. And um, and crosses the line in first. Now, in between wow. times, 
Um, as is probably entirely predictable. Um, you know, Catch has been working hard chasing, and as she starts to flag, Lizzie counterattacks and passes her and crosses the line in second, 16 seconds back. Now, here's the first of two really interesting stats. Um, sorry, I should add, of course, Cash and Yodoma for third. Um, that 16-second gap is the largest gap ever in the history of the women's edition of Flesh Full On. No! Seriously. That's... Wow! Yeah, it's usually a really hard-fought one, too. And it's, it's a, you know, a tribute to that sort of traditional style, I guess, of, you know, attacking at the bottom of the moor. And, um, and there being, you know, larger groups in that position. But yeah, that 16-second oh. gap is the largest ever. Now, the second thing, of course, is one that, you know, is probably a little more common knowledge, which is that this is now the third time in as many years that Anna van der Breger has won Flesh for Long. And it's her second Ardenne. And, and we have Liege on, and it's the third on, time, on Sunday. And it's the third time in as many years, actually slightly more, that we haven't been able to see it live. But I'm not bitter. Oh. I'm not bitter. I'm so bitter. I'm so, I'm so, so bitter. totally bitter. Oh, I'm so... I can't... Anyway, no, glass half full. All right. Um, wow. So just run through. So we have Van der Breger, Lizzie Danen, um, Cassie Nudoma, Anna, Anna McVan Vlerton, the same top four. Well, yeah. it was top three last time. It's Amstel. Shara Gillow from FTJ in the fifth. Ashley Mumpasio in sixth. Corin Rivera in, in seventh. seventh. Amazing. Ensing from Ale Cipollini in eighth. Kat Garfoot in ninth. And Flavia Oliveira of Lenswell Zanata in 10th. Yeah, it just... It, it, there's some really interesting takeaways there. I mean, obviously... the. Do, 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 you want to know, do you want to know where Ellen Van Dyke finished? Ellen Van Dyke finished 16th. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is... Like, I saw these I love results. Ellen. Yeah, she's the best. I saw these results, and, and I'm just like... Two things immediately leap out at me. You know, like, it, it, it's just... Obviously, Anna has to be the hard favourite going into Liège-Bastogne-Liège for, for Sunday. Um, but what's really interesting to me is that Lizzie Danen is obviously actually in, in pretty good form at the moment too. And, is, and riding for teammates. And working well for her teammate. And that's and really interesting to me too. And she doesn't seem to be too. putting out interviews about... In the past, sometimes Lizzie, Lizzie Danen, she can't help herself. Sometimes she puts out interviews that sound a little bit... Um, like she doesn't really enjoy working for yeah. se- working for her teammates. Now the thing is, is in Liège, I would expect that they will be going for Anna van der Breger winning the triple of Ardennes. So you know, so while Lizzie, De- I, I I I think that will be the plan because that yeah, would be well, my plan. And th- and that's the thing. I think it has to be the plan. I'm reasonably sure it is the plan. But you know, it, it does leave me with just a tiny bit of a question mark. If maybe it's a two for one, you know, like Anna, you get these two, and and we go for me in the third. Or no, no, know, I I think I, it, I think it's go. I think it's the Olympic champion winning all three. Yeah, winning I, all three. I, I tend to agree. Because the triple agree. is very, the triple is like a really important, is yeah, a really yeah, important exactly. Goal. And I don't think anyone can turn it down, but, you know, I'm just saying there is that tiny question mark in the back of my head because Lizzie is also, you know, reasonably well known as a fairly stubborn person. And so, you know, anyway, I'm, I, I, we don't know, but I'm just saying a little bit of a well, question mark there. Can anyone beat Bulls though? Yeah. What well, do you think? Can, 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 are they on, are they, have they... They had a really bad time. It was so good to see Megan Guarnier back in Amstel Gold. She had a really horrible spring. She yeah. had um, 
a concussion that a, a bad concussion and of course she's done neuroscience on this on uh, msc on this but on yeah, the effects yeah. of on brain damage so you know um and then she has some awful family stuff you know some some a death in the family and things like that and i feel for her so because her season was her season was shitty yeah. but it was awesome to see her back and it's awesome to see her back working for teamies but Bowles had suffered and Van der had been sick for the start of the season um lizzie danen had suffered from um sickness yep. uh and uh, they, they, you know, uh, Cassia Pawlowska was was injured. They had, they weren't having the greatest 2017. But of course, you only count that after the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> who and cares? It, They've won it, two Ardennes. Yeah, two Ardennes, <laughs> and you start to turn that all around. If you win the triple, then it really, you know, like that's that's a brilliant season by anyone's standard. And to yeah, answer yeah, your yeah. question, I, I at the moment, you know, based on what we know going in, I don't think anyone can beat Bowles. I mean, it's going to take something like WM3 and Orica actually teaming up with Newadoma WM... and Van Vleuten, you know, as as sort of, you know, working together in some way to, to I mean... try and force Bowles into a position that they can't defend. But I, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I am gutted for Neodoma. I think I said this last week too, but I was really looking forward to seeing Neodoma and Voss racing together. But obviously, Voss is not well. Yeah. And that—that's so. All of the, all of, and there's been they've had other problems. Um, Lauren Lauren Kitchen's been injured. Uh, they, you know, WM3 are not fielding a strong team. No. Uh, in the way that in the way that Bowles Dolmans or Canyon Shram or whatever are, are fielding a strong team. Okay. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. Now, we're not going to be able to see Liège-Bastogne-Liège live. The most we can hope for is Periscope at the finish line. Maybe TV might start so that we can see the finish line live. Um, We're not going to be able to see it. Yes, it's shit. Yes, let's take this and take some action. If you think it's shit, just send up far off an email or a tweet or a Facebook message or whatever, contact Amory Sports Organization, ASO, and uh, the the race, although they never reply to anyone, so God knows if they even read their tweets. But, you know, just make... um, I like that we want LBLF for Liège-Bastogne-Liège-Femme live. Yeah. Uh, But do what you want. Just say... just, Just... It doesn't matter what you use. Just send your message. We want... The we want the age best on the age live. Yes, absolutely. And look, for what it's worth, while while you almost certainly won't get a response, I can I can assure you, particularly in this age of of social media dominance, that at the very least, the the uh, marketing team who report back to sponsors are reading tweets and Facebook posts. Absolutely, they are. So you know, even if they start to see a bit of a trend for it, it's it's going to you know, come across someone's radar. And it is, as Sarah says, it is important to focus on the positive things that we can do. And, um, you know, this is something quite simple that we can do that we do know has an impact. So it is well worth the, uh, the effort. So should we talk Liège? Yeah. Um, it's called Liège, Bastogne Liège, but we don't, um, it's not, obviously it's women are limited in how much they can ride, right? The men yep. can ride to Liège and uh, to, from Liège to Bastogne and back again because they get to have 258 kilometres. The women have um, 135 kilometres. Um, they only really share the same course, same route with the men 
as the final section, which comes in from, um, uh, let's see if I can speak in French, answer, no. Um, I wouldn't say, I walla. Anyway, when they cross the big, when they cross the big motorway, they cross a big motorway yep. and head into head in, head into Lier, and head into Liège, and that's uh, head, heading back into Liège, and that's when they have the only like uh, uh, a sec- section, and that has the same as men that has the same three climbs, last same three three climbs as the men do, which is the Côte de Saint Nicolas, the Côte de la Roche aux Falcons, and the Côte de la Redoux. Um, the women only have one other climb after before that, which is the Côte de la Vique. Uh So basically, they ride 82 kilometers without any climbing, although it is all rolling hills, which is a shame. This is not the best. This is not the ideal Liège Baston Liège. Uh, I would have started. They start in, you know, you kind of wonder why when they're starting in Baston that they can't um, ride the same route as the men do back from Baston. But you know it, why? It's yeah. ASO. Exactly, and it's it is it is annoying, but it is also one of those you know, um, fight the battles you can. Like it's here, it's it's happening. You know, we have the race; we can build from here. You know, yeah. Uh, the men may have ten climbs in their extra hundred kilometers ish. The women have four climbs in total. So yeah, um, but it's going to be they're going to fight it super hard. As we know, yep. when the peloton, when races aren't particularly difficult by themselves, the peloton make them completely difficult. So it's going to be fun. Um, I'll put a guide to how to follow the race live on our website, prowomenscycling.com. Um, and we'll, uh, yeah, it's just so sad. It, it's so sad to watch, like, um, you know, you can see where the men go on the map and you're like, oh, Oh, look, that's so beautiful. Oh, look at those climbs. Oh, this is so exciting. Oh, look, they're going through um, Luxembourg. Oh, it would be lovely if they sent the women's race through Luxembourg. You start wondering, maybe that's why they're doing it. But no. Um, (laughs) But no. Uh, No. No. No, I think they do actually go through Luxembourg, but not my favourite parts of Luxembourg. That's the hilly parts. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely follow Liège Best on Liège. And then that is just the beginning. There's even more racing this week. Uh, we have the first stage of the Tour of the Gila in America, one by Katie, um, one by, one by Katie Hall, in a slightly ridiculous um, United Healthcare domination styly. Uh, as it was Katie Hall first, Ruth Winder second. They allowed Sarah Bergen from Raleigh to get on the podium. Um, but yeah, Taylor Wiles of UHC was fifth. So it was fun. Um, with Lauren Stevens of Tipco in fourth. So the two of the Gila is on all this week. So follow that. There's also a video on our site, prowomenscycling.com. Yeah, cool. So um, I guess that catches us up on all of the stuff that was going on on the road during the week, but there was also Track World Cup going on. Track World Championships. World Championships. Yes, World yes. Championships. Um, I missed it all, so I can't tell you the ins and outs of it, but there are some really interesting results. And if you go to our site, prowomenscycling.com, there's like the team sprint final, scratch race, Kieran, individual pursuits, team pursuits, and the Omnium Elimination are on the website. But cool. uh, one of the questions was, with Laura Trott taking maternity year, would British Cycling manage to do well? Yes, yes, they would. They um, didn't win the team pursuit. That was won by Australia, who beat, um, sorry, USA, who beat Australia for the gold. But Katie Archibald won the Omnium, um, and Eleanor Barker won the points race. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they were still on, good, on fire. 
USA also won fire because as well as the team pursuit, Chloe Diger Owen won the individual pursuit. Uh, Rachel Babieri won the scratch race. Uh, Christina Vogel didn't have as good a year as normal because she only won two world medals this year. She won the sprint over Steph Morton with um, Li Wei Shei of of Hong Kong in third on home turf. Hurrah! Uh, she won the Kieran and but the team sprint was won by Darish Maleda and Anastasia Voinova, the Russians over the over the Australians. But the most important race, the first ever women's Madison World Championships, won by Lotte Kapecki and Jolien Dora of Belgium, ahead of um, Eleanor Barker and Emily Nelson of Britain and Amy Cure and um, Alex Manley of Australia in the third. So the medals weren't really spread around very much, let's face it, but it was an, you know, fantastic racing, really exciting, um, nice to see good, strong racing, even in a post-Olympic year. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, um, huh. speaking of um, track, I have the perfect segue. Um, because riders on track go fast, right? And oh instead God. of riding on the road, they ride on boards, right? Yeah. So they're steadfast. Oh, my God. And actually, yes, Lizzie Danan, when she was Lizzie Armistead, did win, did win her first world championship title on the track in the team pursuit. Her book is out today. And it's called Steadfast, if uh, you hadn't picked up on that oh-so-subtle segue. That was so. a terrible segue. Wasn't it, though? Um, I'm actually really proud awful. of how bad that was. It was that segue was every bit as good as Flesh Fulon's live coverage. <laughs> that segue was better than Flesh Fulon's live coverage because it, yeah, it existed. existed. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Lizzie. Now, steadfast. I haven't read it, but Fergal Mackay, who is my absolute all-time hands down, no question favorite cycling book reviewer, he reviews all the cycling books over on Podium Cafe. He can be a little bit. Um, well, robust. Love, he 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 wields the review like a surgeon wields a scalpel. His reviews are just incisive, insightful, and and one slip of the wrist, and he's accidentally opened an artery. Like he doesn't. No, but he doesn't do it by accident. No, I I know. Oh, believe me, I know. He's like the <laughs> demon barber of cycling book reviews. <laughs> uh, I I really enjoy Fergal. If you don't know him, he's F. MK underscore WOI for Republic of Ireland um, over on Twitter. And yeah, he's he reviewed Steadfast. And what did you think of his review, Dan? I loved it. Um, look, Fergal does really good reviews, and obviously we'll have a link to the review on our site. ProWomenCycling.com. Yeah, not as good as last week, but you know, we're getting there. Um, <laughs> But but he, he does these like little um, summaries at the top of his reviews and then gets into more depth. So you get lots of detail if you want it, but you also get these great summaries. So um, before we dive into some of the detail, I just want to say he, he gives you, you know, strengths and weaknesses. And he does talk about um, how it skips between being just another generic, you know, British cycling you know memoir sort of thing and and you know um touching on the recent issues and controversies surrounding british cycling his his description of the weakness is possibly one of my favorite sentences ever written in a review which it, it's just stunning in its brutality Go on. it's a rather Go bland us. affair that mistakes chronological progression for a narrative arc capable of sustaining your interest 
he says somewhere that there's like only a few there's not much about racing yeah and he told me on dm the 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 ratio of racing to talking about relationships and i it's it's really i don't get it because lizzie dana has been in some of the most thrilling exciting races with some of the really you know that that i want to hear about all day long now i guess the Part of the problem is is that some of these races are, haven't been televised in the past. So if you were a good ghost writer, you can't like watch them and then build up a ghosted narrative of those races. So I do understand that it's much more difficult, you know, if, if than, than if you were ghosting. Well, yeah, but I, mean, I, I get that. But at the same time, we do live in a world with you know Skype and stuff, and you could have just done a few interviews and and got a little more info anyway even leaving that aside as you say there's a there's a a wealth of stunning races there the book is just under 300 pages and apparently the race content takes up just under 30 so roughly 10 percent of the book is actually about racing wow shit eh that's i mean that's interesting and i you know you always wonder what's you know the proportion of choice between how much of it is the um autobiography person how much yeah. of it is their ghost how much of it is their publisher because that's the other thing is like it could be that the publisher is you know the publishers put down a mandate right yeah this no one's going to be interested in a woman talking about sports so let's talk about other things of course it spends a lot of time talking about the um the missing dope tests the doping tests yeah. from last summer um and which apparently the book was all ready to go, uh, parceled up neatly to come after the uh, after the Rio Olympics, except for the fact that the three doping tests, had, three missed tests You're happened. You're shitting me. Like, I, I, I mean, sorry, I genuinely believe you, but like, that's insane because, like I say, the book now is just under 300 pages and about 50 of those pages deal with that exact suspension. So if... If it had been released without that, it would have been about 230 pages. No, 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 no. I guess I think it probably just needed a frantic rewrite. Uh, but apparently they do say, Fergal says in the in the review that, that, that Will Fotheringham, or in the comments that Will Fotheringham, the ghost, knew about the missed tests and they were going to be in, sorry, they knew about the missed tests and the missed tests were going to be in the book, apparently. Um, but they weren't going to. But but they hadn't. It hadn't become public. So that. So I guess. I guess they'd had part of it done. But it just basically scrambled for a rewrite in the same way as there would have been a rewrite had she won Rio instead of coming fourth. I think it was fifth. Um, so yeah. Ah, uh, I don't know. I mean, what's been really interesting to me is how she's managed her press tour. Because she talks quite a lot in the, her book about the way that British cycling let her down. She talks about not having a DS or a Swanier at the 2015 Road World Championships, which is a story I've heard for ages and ages since 2015. People have told me that story. But it was being held back to talk about in her book. And But the interesting thing is she's going out on, on interviewing people and, it, and, and she's kind of – it feels – it felt at first like she was being a bit contradictory mm. because a lot of the interviews that she does, she's like, no, no, British cycling aren't sexist. And she put out a statement on her Twitter saying, oh, no, no, British cycling aren't sexist. And I guess yeah. what she's doing is she talks about the things that British cycling did that are bad for her, you know, having to borrow a helmet, not getting a good bike in the same way as... Um, the men got she talks about all of that so she's not putting a scribe i think she's not ascribing that to sexism she's ascribing that to them just being shit for her yep 
but she's it, but I don't really understand it because the different reviews in different places are giving a very different take. And the thing that I wonder is whether it's because she only seems to have been interviewed about the book by journalists who aren't cycling journalists. Yeah. Yeah. So far in the interviews that have come out, in the interviews that I've, in the review, in the interviews that I've seen, which seems to be a specific that they're aiming for a mainstream audience, so they right. don't need to talk to cycling to cycling types. I think is what's going on with her publisher, with her agent. So what I think is happening is that people is that journalists are sitting her down and going, so British cycling, they're really sexist, right? You wrote in your book that they're sexist, and she's going, no, no, I I don't believe that British cycling are really sexist. But because it's like being done by journalists that aren't nuanced, yeah, then it, it, it then it appears like there's contradictory statements. So in an interview in the Guardian that she did, she talks about the the, the, the writer the writer of the interview then talks about things that Danan says in her book mm. about how British cycling was shit to her, and then in the next interview she said, no 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 British cycling they're not bullies they're not bad they're just they're just ruthless you have to be ruthless to win medals, and I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, I guess, but I. I, the only the only way that it makes sense is if she's responding to specific blunt-edged questions with blunt-edged answers. Yeah. Or she genuinely doesn't believe that anything that happened to her was to do with her gender. It's just to do with her. It's just to do with her. Um, but you know, it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Well, look. Yeah. And and I do think you know that is a plausible thing. I mean, to me, it reads as a dodge, but like a not a not a. Um... You know, not not the worst of all possible dodges, I guess. You know, I mean, I think she's being very, very careful with her language to say things like, for me, it wasn't a sexist place or whatever. Um, and I, I, to a certain extent, I think that's also fair because Lizzie, you know, rightly points out or acknowledges that she benefited a lot from British cycling through her early years in her career until she until she dedicated herself more directly to the road as she addresses in the book as an, an issue of her trying to claim more control over her life um, you know so I, I can understand why she might want to walk that line quite carefully but you know it is still a bit of a dodge as far as I'm concerned well, I mean, I think it's also uh, there seems to be an. Uh, it's very interesting with riders who liked the who she obviously didn't like the British cycling style, but it's not. It's 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 just a difficult and, and obviously the other thing is is that she has to keep in British cycling's good books because she wants to carry on racing world championships and yeah. Olympics and be treated as she is as she is well, at the moment. And yeah? as as we know, um, you know, British cycling aren't the most consistent organization when it comes to sending women's teams to some of those events so no and she talks about that in her book too so but i so you can either read it as has her cake and eat it you can read it as you know that she can criticize them about some things but defend them about other things there there are some negative ways that you can read it for sure um as well and you know and there's also some uh, also, I mean, I think the thing is, is, is I don't know that it's the best tactic, to be honest, yeah. if you're going out to sell your book, because you're simultaneously pissing off the people who like British cycling, because 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 interview A has criticism of British cycling, and you're pissing off the people who don't like British cycling, 
because and who might have read your book otherwise you know so it's it's kind of an interesting uh as a promotional game but i i think she's probably taking each interview as as an interview in its own right and not seeing yeah. it as part of the strategy i would guess well and, and, and lizzie's also never really been one who who has been known to shy away from responding to a question or a statement you know sometimes ill-advised though that may be yeah um, i i mean i i don't want to i it's not like i the thing is is i i don't know if i will read this book because hearing how little is actually about the bike racing yeah is is quite disappointing and you know apparently you can find out a lot more about her relationships and her cars and 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 that kind of thing which i know that a lot of people like and it's very you know it's yeah. obviously important to her but i like bike racing so i don't know if i would read that book but don't let that stop you reading it if you want to there's it's yeah. going to be if you like that sort of thing definitely definitely buy it it's out now um and yeah um yeah. feel free just... to read it and offer your counterpoint review i look forward to to hearing it um but yeah i i tend to agree for me um when you look at all that she's achieved and and there's so little content related directly to her racing you know that's the stuff i want more of and and that's the stuff i most want to find out the answers to you know what was going through your mind at point x in race y like you know yeah i mean there is i think i can't remember who it was i think it was jens made the points in on the in the podium cafe comments that any race any any autobiography that's written during a rider's career is is by its nature not going to be as 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 hard hitting as it could be because you still have to ride with people the other thing i'm thinking of is jonathan waters who said some really nasty things about lizzie um when she was after they finished the team apparently has been throwing his um his his jonathan waters style um tricks around um saying telling people that lizzie was wrong that she's so awful she's awful to mention that garmin dropped the team and they um that, that and that and that he and and that he should have credit for uh being for carrying on paying her wage for the next year because basically when she rode for our drink she was riding for free for our drink but that's because you know when you sign someone on a two-year contract you generally have to pay a two-year contract do you know what i mean exactly so, yeah so there's also some stuff that's like some 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 you know some there's also there are dark forces working against sorry that's a sarcastic comment and is not if jonathan waters lawyers are listening that's not meant to be so that's so that's that's not meant to be seen as a, a, a that was just a joke um most yeah, importantly there are, there are... most importantly if jonathan waters lawyers are considering taking any kind of action against sarah i invite them to visit patreon.com slash women's cycling and make a simple contribution so that she's worth suing <laughs> anyway so yeah so so um yeah if you read it tell me what you think about this book because i am i mean i'll probably get it out of the library if it turns up in my library um i am interested you know i'm not a sports autobiography book girl at all especially in the context of i am still racing i've still got another you know another number of years in my career to go because to me it's like huh i'd rather like I'd, I'd rather have the kind of warts and all autobiography, you know, autobiography. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. if you like this book, please tell us what you think. Please, please tell us what you think of this book. Um, yeah. Ta-da! Oh. Um, yeah, Lizzie Armistead's book. Uh, Lizzie Danen's book. Also very interesting that while she changed her name upon marriage, she's kept her name, she's kept, which is, you know, a British customary thing to do. She's kept... <laughs> uh, she's, 
she's Dana in, on the racing track and um, on the racing roads and Armistead in the book. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, again, nuance. It's, you know, it's important, but yeah. Oh, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, uh, what else? Well, so much stuff. Yeah, there's, there's more than we can talk about on our site, prowomenscycling.com. There's tons of videos. There's some really lovely videos being released. Mountain Bike Road, BMX, Caroline Buchanan, the Aussie BMX rider, yep. has got the latest installation of her installment of her life. There's uh, more podcasts. There's uh, articles to read. There's vote for the Women's Sports Trust Awards, um, be a Game Changer Awards. Uh, what else is there? Um, well, you know, we've got all this racing coming up in the near future as well. We've got, you know, the first... Oh! Oh, oh my God, yes. 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 So, we don't start with Liège. Before Liège is for Omnic van Borselet. Yep. Which is has an ITT on Friday, a sprinter's race on Saturday. The junior Omnic van Borselet runs from uh, Friday to Sunday. Uh, on, on Saturday also is the first of USA Crits Speed Week where they have six races over eight days, three of them streamed live. Um, and that's all before Liège. <laughs> At the same time as Liège, there's apparently the GP de la Liberazione Pink. Uh, there's apparently the Vuelta Internacional of Costa Rica next week, although I'm not entirely sure. Then next week and next weekend, we have Gracia Oliva, for the, um, which is a very much a development race. We have the Festival Elsie Jacobs, which is the Luxembourgeois race uh in to set honoring the first ever road world champion elsie jacobs yep that's the 28th of april that'll all be shown live my goodness on, so much on live saturday, racing on saturday there's the women's tour to yorkshire on the 29th of april which will yep. also be streamed live and on the 29th and 30th of april there's the downhill world cup the first round of the 2017 down world world cup in lourdes lourdes in france and that will be streamed live Ah, then in May, <laughs> there's the tour of Chongming Island from the 5th to the 7th, which last year was streamed live. If you didn't mind streams that were full of malware, I didn't touch them with a barge pole. My computer went, hell no. And then there's round three of the Lotto Cycling Cup, the Trophée, Martin Wynance on the 7th of May. <sighs> Just a little <sighs> bit going on. I shudder to think how long future podcasts may be. But, you know, on that note, we've kept this one to a modest, uh, I don't know, it's a little over an hour, but, you know, it's it's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the the Aviva Women's Tour is no longer the Aviva Women's Tour. It's the Ovo Energy Women's Tour. And Ooh. I'm particularly happy as Ovo Energy are based in Bristol. So I'm pretty much hoping that this means we'll have a Bristol a Bristol finish next year. Oh, nice. Fancy. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Dan will be in Japan next week. That's true. We will try to record. We will be intending to record. Um, as as a country with famously good internet, um, there's a there's a better than average chance we'll be able to cobble something together. We'll see how we go. In the meantime, if you wish to speak to us, uh, you can get a hold of Sarah at PW Cycling on Twitter. Or you can find me at Dan W Official. Uh, although you know, because of aforementioned um, being in Japan and doing Japan things, I may not reply much. Um, no, no, no. He will. He will. You can ask him. Ask him about his new tattoo. 
<laughs> it will be much much the same sort of conversation as Lizzie Danen's book, where I talk about the races I've won instead of the tattoos I have. So, yeah. Um, ask him about how he feels about races that change their, as a social media professional, how he feels about races that change their hashtag 24 like, I hours swear, before the I, race. Honestly, I, it's a conspiracy to actually get rid of followers. They're trying, they're trying to kill their own race. It's the only thing that makes sense. And ask Dan about how Japan was because, you know, uh, Amazing. A, 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 a... <laughs> Amazing. I'm so excited for him. Amazing. Anyway. Yes. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you, dear, 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 dear listener, who makes all of this worthwhile. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.